The curtain opens. The lights go up. Those first few notes of magic. The crew that brings it all to you is here to share the story of what it's like to be in the wings. This is Show Call. Hey everyone, welcome to Show Call. I'm your host, Chad Allen. With me today is labor coordinator, production guru, stage rigger, Tammy Goldfadam. Tammy, how are you? Hello, hi. Thanks hi. for having me. I'm doing well today, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming in. Thanks for doing this. Of course, absolutely. I'm yeah. honored. So, I just mentioned a lot of titles, so <laughs> I don't know like which one you want to start with. Basically, what were you doing before shutdown? What was your job then? Uh, well, over the uh, 17 years in this industry in Seattle, I've run the gamut of positions. I've, I started out in audio and have sort of whittled my way down to being able to choose the work mm-hmm. that I want to take at this stage in my career or at the stage in my career mm-hmm. before COVID hit. So most of what I was doing was working with my local union, IOTC Local 15, where I'm a journeyman. Uh, I really loved working with them. I was on the A-list, or I still am on the A-list, and I get my insurance and benefits, and uh, I loved all the people that are in the union. They're, you know, are my brothers or my sisters, and uh, so I was mostly doing that, and I was doing a lot of corporate rigging in hotels with PSAB as a, mm-hmm. I was the head rigger for the company. I was essentially like, I had my choice of, of jobs. Right. So uh, I was the main the main person. I had worked my way up to being the lead rigger for that company. Um, I had been traveling, doing some production rigger stuff uh, as well. And honestly, I got back into my club roots a little bit. I have a friend who's a promoter rep for STG, and he was throwing me a couple merch selling gigs at the outside (laughs) venues. So I got to go to uh, the showbox a couple times and the tractor, sorry, not the tractor, the sunset. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was one other venue. Oh, uh, Columbia City Theater. So I got to sell merch and see a really cool show and get to interact with the crowds. And so I was kind of doing that also. And then COVID hit, so yeah, yeah, it's doing a lot of stuff. I like to stay busy. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of have to uh, in the industry to stay viable. I feel like for me, I wanted to be able to do many things Mm -hmm. to keep myself busy. And this industry gives you the opportunity to do many things. It does indeed. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword though, because you know if you do a lot of many things. You're not really a specialist, I guess, in any one thing. If I was a specialist in anything, it would be rigging for sure. Uh, but, you know, I'm sort of like retrospectively, I'm like, I should have gone into video because all my video friends <laughs> yeah. are working right now doing yeah. like virtual events. And I was like, oh, hindsight. Okay. Well, it's never too late, though. Right? Yes. If I ever find the Bill and Ted uh, telephone <laughs> machine, uh, I'm going to need to tell them to co- go back in time and tell me to go into video. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. One of these days. When you say production guru, what is what, what does that mean? What is production guru, it means that I've 
man, I've done so many. So I've done a bunch of festival work. I worked in a recording studio. I, I'm i a troubleshooter. So mm-hmm. uh, big knowing, big picture, understanding, um, planning to fruition yeah. for events and mm-hmm. being able to be on site and uh, to fix problems. Yeah. So I know a lot because of my varied work experience, I know a lot of things mm-hmm. about a lot of things. So it makes me more well-rounded to sure. be able to go on site and, like I said, no big picture. So as far as production grew, I mean, I've done um, production on a bunch of festivals. I mean, I've sold merch. I've been a production runner. I do local VIP assists for a lot of tours that yeah. come through, and I've been doing that for maybe almost 10 years now. I've done production coordination, production assistant. So... It just, it, it's, it's a lot. I've done a lot of just production, helping the people who put the events on, uh, being an on-site or local mm-hmm. assist for yeah. a lot of them if they're touring, to like know the town, know the venues, to be a point person for mm-hmm. them and help them achieve their event as yeah. best as they can. Yeah. Yeah. So walk me through the average day of Tammy. Oh, goodness. Now or then? <laughs> <laughs> Well, both eventually, but but before the the shutdown, well, you know the average show day. The average show day, it just depended on what job I was doing. If I was doing my production rigging, I would, you know, wake up, have breakfast, go hop the bus. I'm a big fan of public transportation. Let's save the environment mm-hmm. and not driving as much. And because of being a city employee, I got an Orca pass, okay. so I always took the bus yeah and plus parking downtown is a nightmare so that's that's always a thing um so yeah i would hop the bus and i'd I'd get to job site at least 15 minutes to a half hour early because usually i was the lead so i would want to be able to connect with whoever was head of the production usually was an outside production and then i would just work until the job was finished and go home most of my evening (laughs) most of my evenings were spent at shows uh, to be honest with you, when I wasn't working a show, I was attending a show. <laughs> that that's sort of I've invested most of my life into live music. It yeah. is what drives me. It's the one thing that makes all of this worth it, and it's yeah. the reason that I'm here. So, I still love, or well, I I would go if I could right now, but I, I love the small punk rock shows. You know, the gritty, just the yes. band. You know, I love working the big shows, but when I go to a show, I um, love going to, to J- Tony Peace in Everett. Totally. You know. I mean, I think anything, whatever your flavor of music is, yeah. uh, I, I have a definitely a different flavor, uh, but nothing is bad or wrong or anything, of course. And mm-hmm. I, uh, most of the venues that I frequented were smaller venues, like 1,000 people or under, like Barboza, Tractor. I mean, I could walk to the tractor. I live in Ballard. Yeah. So I was there at the sunset a lot. Yeah. Barboza, Showbox, Neptune. I was at the Neptune a lot yeah. as well. And in fact, before, actually, I remember now, before COVID hit, I was working with uh, the staff at the Neptune to mm-hmm. do back of house. I was working with yeah. Miranda. She was going to train me to sort of help her because she was working so much because the Neptune, they had just booked out a bunch of shows and she was working too much, and I was like, I'm super capable. I was like, this is an aspect <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm so eager to learn. Mm-hmm. I love anything that keeps me on my toes, anything that challenges me to think, and I love moving. Uh, like, the act of just, like, 
you know, like just driving or pushing or lifting or just anything that keeps me moving. I don't yeah. like to, I don't like to be. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was another word I was trying to. That's okay. Out, no, I brain, st- but sitting still. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you do have a ton of energy. Yes. You know, for for forty, it's not. I, you're 40? I'm pretty good for forty. Yeah, forty. You guys, I'm gonna you be, guys look young. I'm gonna be forty one in October. I'm gonna be forty one in a couple of weeks. I mean, we. Yeah, <laughs> you look pretty good for forty. Also, I think Thank yes, you. we were clo- we're close to birthdays. Are you Scorpio yeah. or Libra? Virgo. Virgo. So I've got a uh, we can. Oh, I don't even oh you're like yeah. way sooner than that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like no, like a week. Think. Right on. Well, yeah. happy early birthday, Chad. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and everybody's like, oh, sorry that there's a pandemic on your birthday, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was planning on sitting this one out anyway. So <laughs> After 40, it's like, who cares yeah. anymore, right? Yeah, my 40th was pretty awesome. But Yeah? Yeah. I'm but, curious, what did you do? I was backstage at Incubus at the Paramount. Oh, my God, I was at that show. It was great. It was amazing. And they let me off. They, uh, you know, because my friends were tour catering yeah i went down there and helped him for the day and then they let me off to go watch and invited my friends to come have dinner nice and you know yeah and and then got third third row uh center were you on the loge or in the on the floor on the floor third row center nice i got i got loge seats for that one but like kind of in the front yeah and the next day oh god the next day was Elton John. At, oh, nice. I mean, Elton John did two days at Tacoma. Tacoma, Dome. yeah. And, and um, same thing. They let a couple of my friends come out to the show. I worked all day, and then they let me go, you know, and and watch the show. And we were on the side That's and amazing. with my friends, and in front of us was members of Alice in Chains. And then in f- standing in front of them was Eddie Vedder and his wife. Of course. And like so, watching them, watching them, watch the well. We weren't watching them. We were all watching the show, but that's who was standing in front of us on the side, and it was it was pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a birthday to remember. That is definitely (laughs) one of my favorite things about living in Seattle. I mean, the whole reason I moved here was because of the grunge movement and Mm -hmm. you know Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, and I love that a lot of those guys live here, and that when we're working or out at a show or even attending a show, like Eddie will pop by or Mike McCready will pop by Mm -hmm. and. Every now and again, you see Duff McKagan. He lives here as well, and um, yeah. I don't. I see Kim Thale uh, a lot actually around, and I have for years. Like he'll come yeah. into a lot of shows. When I worked at El Corazon, he used to pop in there all the time. It's super cool seeing. Yeah, them. it's just amazing. They're nice they're people. So, yeah, they're so down to earth, and yeah, yes. And they they like us go and watch shows yes. on their downtime Correct. because they're, you know, they love it too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so it's just a nice little treat about living in Seattle. Yeah. So we get to run into our favorite artists sometimes <laughs> yeah. and then have to, like, be super cool about it. I know. I know. <laughs> that's that's very true. And you're like, oh, my God. And my friends, when they saw, I was like, just be chill. Just just enjoy the show. Yep. Yeah. Be chill. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> you know. It just really it really adds to the experience, <laughs> though, does. too, when yeah. you know that this person that you respect and look up to and have listened to for years <laughs> is like, also in like yeah. consuming the same medium as yeah. you and is in that place and the energy and it's just like and it you just know, adds to it. We live in the we live in the age of we have our phones on us all the time mm-hmm. and we want to take a picture or video of everything and we're not allowed to do that backstage. You know, and so it it has taught me to like I basically relearned how to live in the moment mm-hmm. and just appreciate the moment for what it is. Yep. You know? 
because we see things that no one, not too many people can see, but Mm -hmm. you have to keep your phone away Yes. and just appreciate it for what it is. Yes, but don't let us glorify backstage too much for all of you listeners, (laughs) because let me tell you, it is not as amazing (laughs) as you think it is all of the time. Um, so don't don't let us make it sound too good. Yeah. Okay. I talk about those moments a lot, but they happen what three percent of the day yeah. are those moments. Yeah. And then another ninety seven percent is that sometimes grueling it's work. Less than three, I feel. Like. Yeah. yeah. Like some show, like a lot of shows are, are sometimes just a lot of shows are sometimes. I feel like that makes no sense. Um, some shows are just brutal, for yeah. for reals, and you yeah. don't have time to watch the show. Um, poor production, maybe it's a early on the tour mm-hmm. or whatever, and sometimes you're just like working too much and too long, and it it's like some some shows just make it feel not worth it. But then yeah. you have these other shows yeah. that just really solidify, okay, this is why I'm here. This is this is what's worth it to me, and just to be a part of it is, is pretty amazing. It is it is amazing because every part is an important moving part Mm -hmm. to make the show happen. Yes, and the local crews in every single city that these tours go to, and there's so many of us, and it's like, you know, we might be just one person, but now it's like there's, we're all out of work right now. Yeah. Like all of us. And it's it's just this um, aspect of the industry that I don't know that a lot of people really consider or think about. That's right. I mean, I know a lot of my friends do because I'm always, like, making them jealous. I'm like, I'm at this show. I'm at this show. Yeah. And they're like, oh, <laughs> right. your job is so cool. Like, people are always like, your job is so cool. That's part of the 3% like, yeah. I'm talking about yeah. is when you, it, you know, can go out front and take a picture of the stage when yeah. the show's happening or a little yeah. bit of video, you know, and, and they're like, oh, wow, that's awesome, you know. But they don't realize we woke up at 4 a.m. to yeah. – <laughs> That's what I loved about working at White River when I did work out there because we opened White River and then uh, the labor – changed as it has a lot in Seattle since I started but uh, you could just go out into the pit and watch the show yeah um, yeah which was amazing because mm-hmm. there were so many good artists out there yep. don't miss that drive though for sure <laughs> yeah, <Don't>. right yeah. <laughs> so when did you get started in the industry July 2003 okay yes wow. it's a very specific month I wish I could remember exactly the day do you but remember exactly the show? I 100% do. <laughs> okay, there you go. So uh, just to give a little bit of background, um, I moved to Seattle from Baltimore. I was 23 years old. Uh, I got the heck away from, that, from everything that I ever knew because I wanted to pursue my love of concerts. Like all I did mm-hmm. every summer was work and go see concerts. I like lived at Meriwether and Nissan Pavilion. I think it's like Jiffy Loop Live now or something, but I just like lived at all yeah. these arenas and venues on the East Coast and would travel a bunch, but I just really felt like I wanted more and I was going to college uh, for like forensic science or something and I was like, what am I doing? This isn't something, I know it's super random. I've had such a random life. I was an auto mechanic. Wow. for five years <laughs> and I was going to yeah. school to do forensics which is where I studied a lot of criminology which has got mm-hmm. me kind of super obsessed with serial killers at that time but then I was like okay this is really cool but it's not I'm not passionate about this and I felt like if I was going to do anything with my life I wanted to love it I wanted to really enjoy what I was doing so through a series of interesting events 
involving a friend kind of planting the seed in my head. Uh, I moved to Seattle almost sight unseen about a year and a half later Mm -hmm. and went to the Art Institute (laughs) of Seattle, which a lot of us have gone there. If you're listening and you went there when I went there before, it's like we run into each other randomly Mm -hmm. like, oh, you went to the Art Institute. That's cool. Yeah, me too. Uh, So I went for audio production because I decided I didn't really know what I wanted to do in the industry. I just knew I wanted to be in it. And I was like, I want to be a sound guy. I don't know where that came from. It just sounded cool. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do that. So after a year of working of being at the Art Institute, I ended up dropping out uh, because I networked enough and told enough people, I need to work a show, I need to work a show, I need to work a show. And this guy named Zach somehow met someone who met someone who was like, okay, there's this company called ERM, and uh, we can get you on the show at the Tacoma Dome. And it was like super sketch. They're like, just go down, you know, Friday (laughs) night, be there at 930. You're going to go, you're going to park in this lot. You're going to go down these stairs and you're going to knock on the door. And a guy named Rhino is going to help you. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I have no idea what I'm in for. They're like, just bring your... Just so you know, it's a person named Rhino, but there's Rhino staging. It's two separate things. This is a human. A human named Rhino. Yes, this was before Rhino infiltrated the Northwest for sure. Like way, way before. So, yes, this is a person named Rhino. His name is actually, his name is Chris. And um, anyway, so I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I go and I drive and I'm so excited. It was like the best day of my entire life. I couldn't, I was like, I didn't know what to expect. So I knock on the door and this giant person opens the door. And it was, it was, it was Rhino. It was Chris. But he's just a giant guy. And I was like, hi, I'm Tammy. I'm here to work. And he's like, all right, cool. And I got thrown on the video crew. And it was just like, I don't know, it was almost like I got possessed or something. It was my first show. It was Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilar. That oh was the God. show. Yes. And I don't even think that I got to see any That's of the huge. show. Uh, yeah, so I got put on the video crew and never touched the stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. Never. I mean, I've gone to shows a million times and I was obviously like a mechanic, so I was like very mechanically inclined, but I just kind of took to it. It was Mm -hmm. immediate. I was, like, climbing the video wall, disconnecting stuff. Like, I just, I don't know, I was, like, a possessed or something. Yeah. But it was amazing. I I just, I never felt more alive. And then from that shift, they were like, oh, she's awesome. And then I started getting more work. And then my first theater job was at the Moore Theater because back then there was one non-union labor company and one union labor company. So back then it was ERM and everybody worked for them. So I, I got to meet so many of my friends that I still know now. But one of them was Steve Martin, who works at the Moore Theater. Yep. So not, not the comedian, not the comedian Steve Martin. <laughs> no, it's local local uh, concert guru. Although you know they do rival Steve Martin. They rival each other for for uh, humor sometimes. Uh, oh yeah, both very funny. Yes, That's for indeed. Sure. So Steve needed someone at the Moore Theater like it was like September of that year it was just a few months later and he hired me and I like one of the questions on the sheet was like what's your favorite venue mm-hmm. and by far hands down the Moore Theater uh, is yeah. my favorite venue yeah. in town um, it was my first theater that I worked at it was uh, they just have so many amazing shows that mm-hmm. come through there and it's just it's history Pearl Jam recorded their even flow video there um, wow. Yeah, so there. it's just, I don't know, it was so cool to just get on that crew. And also, you know, there aren't a lot of women in the industry, and there weren't back then. Mm-hmm. 
at all. So it it felt really, I felt privileged Mm -hmm. and it was an honor to actually be one of the only women at a lot of these venues. I mean, now there's like a ton of them, but back then it was, it was like, you were like, oh, what's she doing here? You know? So you really had to prove yourself, but I did, of course, because I was always a hard worker, but... Mm -hmm. Always. Yes, you're always a hard worker. That is for sure. Yeah. (laughs) That's an understatement. So I dropped out of the Art Institute Mm -hmm. because I was already working and I networked my way. So I met a guy, a session musician who came in to record with us and he owned a recording studio. So when I dropped out, I was also interning at his recording studio. It's called Self Adhesive Records. They're not open anymore. Uh, He shut down a few years ago, but Uh, When I was working there, I realized that I love music too much to dissect the hell out of it doing audio. So I was like, I can't do this because he would challenge me. He would be like, "Okay, so listen to this and pick this apart. And it was honestly one of the best experiences for me because it really showed me like, "Okay, I don't want to I don't want to do this. I don't want to do audio. So someone was recording uh, at our studio who ran the shop Christy Lights, yeah. Craig Lomas at the time, if you guys know him. Mm-hmm. And uh, John was like, hey, I have this intern. She's a mechanic. She's really cool, but do you need any help? <laughs> and Craig was like, what? Sure, send her down. So, I mean, that's all it took. Uh, I started working at Christy Lights at that time. I think it was like a year later, maybe 2004. And that's where I learned how to rig and how to drive yeah. forklifts like Craig Craig Lomas, I owe a lot of sort of my success to because he was always super really supportive of of me and just everyone around him. Although a lot of people think he's not very nice, but I feel like I've known him forever, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that shifted my focus more into lighting and rigging. And then I don't know. And then I started doing production work. And I also became the labor coordinator at ERM because John quit. So I was doing that. I was just doing so many different things. I don't know. It, it kind of all blurs together. But eventually, um, I basically worked for almost everyone in town yeah. at one point. I think I only didn't work for PNTA. Uh, okay. Yeah. But I've, I've worked for, oh, I haven't worked for Carlson officially. <laughs> But I know everybody who works there. But yes, yeah, so I, I just kind of bounced around and worked everywhere and just networked yeah. my way and kind of figured out where I wanted to really fall, which is which was into my union and rigging towards beginning of COVID. That was where I was super comfortable and happy to be. And then working the occasional show. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's been like 17, 17 years wow. of just busting my butt. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. And it, it does take a level of networking to get to those yeah. different aspects of it, you know, and yep. you definitely have that personality that you're you, you're not afraid to talk to anyone. Nope. And, you know, so, I, you know, there's people that they, they find their niche, they stay there and that's great. Mm-hmm. But if you want to explore, you know, you got to establish some relationships genuinely, you know, you've got to you know, be honest and and. I think get to a, know people, you a know. lot of our industry is definitely who you know, yeah, and who likes you also. But, um, but who you know? That's, mm-hmm. the, I mean, interviews just don't exist, or they yeah. didn't for a long yeah. time. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't have a resume until maybe five or six years ago because you'd be on job site and someone would be like, "You're cool. I got this gig next week." You know, it was yeah. just kind of super exactly. casual like mm-hmm. that. Like, 
hey, I got this thing. Okay. And then you'd go and you'd show up and then somebody else would be like, oh, you're cool. And like, you just said the yeah. key thing right there is you show up. Yes. <laughs> that's On time, ready to work. Yeah, exactly. Don't put your stage hand gloves on, i.e. hands in pockets. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, like be ready to go. Yeah. Indeed. It's been, it's been really fun. Uh, and honestly, not being able to work the past six months has really been a little hard on me to not have this livelihood that yeah I have invested so much of my time and my life in my passion Mm -hmm. also you know live music so it's like my job is gone and also this thing that drove me my whole life Mm -hmm. this thing that I worked like that I loved so much yeah like I can't even do that now I do buy like tickets to shows online now to support my the artists that I like. And well, stuff, that's but that's that's important still. It's just not the same. No, I know, I know. We need live music back. We need to get mm-hmm. to a safe enough place where we can have shows again. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, there's a lot of businesses and and companies out there that aren't functioning safely and are perpetuating this virus. Yeah. As exhibited by the two times I I tried to get a job outside of my industry at a bar. And I mean, I've poured beer in the past and stuff, so uh, I feel really confident and strong in, you know, speaking to people and serving. But there were just so many people that weren't masking up and that were gathering in groups and I didn't feel supported by the staff and I didn't I didn't feel safe, like leaving my house and going to work. And I was like, well what the hell else am I supposed to do? I'm not qualified for anything else. I mean, I'm smart, but I don't have any of that stuff on my resume. I can't go get a tech job. Mm -hmm. I mean, this kind of, I guess, goes into our last question. It's like, what's, how has the pandemic affected me? It's like, God, it's, it's horrible. It makes me feel um, like I don't know what to do with myself in a way. I mean, I've always felt that I have value and that, um, and that I know things and I feel really confident mm-hmm. in what I know. But now it's like I teach yoga and for free because I don't, a lot of my friends are unemployed. I don't want to charge them. So I've been yeah. doing that to tr- sort of keep me sane, but I just don't feel really qualified for anything else. And I feel yeah. a little hopeless mm-hmm. for the future because there is literally no light at the end of the tunnel right now. I, yeah, I agree. And it's horrifying. <laughs> to think about I I think the thing that's been keeping me sane is just trying to live in each day like in the present be as present as possible and take every day for what it is and be the best I can every day because if I sit down and think about you know like December (laughs) like I just I get I can't it's Mm -hmm. just too hard I think for me my best method is just today and today I am here talking to you and looking at your wonderful face well (laughs) It's been so long. I know. It's, it's been a while. It's nice to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you, too. I wish it were under better circumstances, but, it but could here be we are, day. you know? At yeah. least we're here. Totally. You know? And and concert workers are tough. Yeah. Tough breed of people. And, and uh, yes. you know, we'll, we'll get through it. I we think. will, for I, sure. I applied for a tech job. Oh, you a, did? Yeah. Oh, what are you going to do? Failed miserably. <laughs> Didn't get the job because I'm underqualified yeah and I told them I know that you need to hire me so that, that you or, uh, I lacked experience yep it was data entry for a major website and oh my God. yeah you think for but data just, entry <laughs> all you would need to know is how to type fast yeah which I can't type very fast but <laughs> <laughs> they have apps for that. 
<laughs> yeah, I need to like, what's that? What was that there's typing program yeah, that teaches you Mavis or whatever? What was that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm there's so a ton of websites of... you can just be like typing tests that'll yeah. like time you. They were like, you know, you lack experience. I'm like, yeah, because I've been doing this other thing for 15 years. Yeah. And before that, I was selling records at record stores. And oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Did, around here? No. Well, uh, in the Midwest where I grew up, that was one of my first jobs. And then, and then, and then when I moved out here, that store was a chain and I transferred to Burlington. Vermont? Uh, Sam Goody. Oh my gosh, <laughs> remember I remember Sam, Goody? Sam Goody's. Where were yeah. you at in Indiana? Uh, in Greensburg. Oh. Yeah, a small town. And uh, so there the, was a Sam Goody in Greensburg? There was an on cue. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And then, so we had, what was it? Suncoast, on cue, and Sam Goody. Yeah, I mean, but, speaking of know. record stores, I mean, they need our help right now, they too. They do, yeah. There's a ton of record stores that they can't have their record store day. A lot of people aren't yeah. leaving their homes. Support your local record stores as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah. And that's something I miss and something I saw. I mean, what is 70, 80% of record stores went under because of MP3s and iTunes and all that stuff. Not knocking iTunes or Spotify for what no, you know they they are important for what they are. But yep. you know, record stores went under, and I lost my job because the whole corporation, you know, that whole corporation went bankrupt. Sam Goody did. Yeah. I remember. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. that just takes me back. Yeah, me too. Sometimes <laughs> it's like I don't feel my age until I hear things that really yeah. take me back. <laughs> like you CD. Know, like yeah, <laughs> or like VHS. Yeah. So like Singles yeah. is my favorite movie, hands down, it's a forever. Great movie. Yeah. And I own it on VHS. Still, like I, it's the last VHS that I have, and I don't even have a VHS player. I just can't seem to. I just like it's sentimental. Yeah. So I own it on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> all that it. stuff. I, you know, the thing that I really, really, really miss the most from yeah. from that era is I wish that MTV would come back with music videos like I miss MTV especially now like especially now yeah and not cable because none of us can afford cable so you know just I mean I guess there's Vimeo MTV streaming and, yeah, yeah something yeah VH1 remember those behind the music I loved I yeah. loved VH1 behind the music we could definitely use that right now oh, for if sure anyone from MTV is listening <laughs> please please do an MTV streaming music videos something help us out we're we're yeah. all like super lonely and missing our music <laughs> right so um i the, know that we wanted to talk about one particular show uh because you know being in the northwest we get a lot of really cool opportunities for like festivals a lot of tours start here or they end here also for theater and production we have a lot of shows that will start or build mm-hmm. here because we yeah. have um we have uh, Broadway houses like the Paramount Theater and the Fifth Avenue Theater where they build a lot of shows. But also, because we're up in this little corner, sometimes artists and musicians will come through and have special yeah. festivals mm-hmm. like Gentlemen of the Road. The Gentlemen of the Road Stopover Festival. Yeah. Still my... my I, Sasquatch in general was always my favorite festival. Sasquatch. You know, just because we knew when Sasquatch coming around, yep. it was go time. It's a great lineup. Adam X was mm-hmm. amazing yeah. uh, for those lineups. I was sad yeah. that Sasquatch ended. Me too. Yeah. Me too. But the Walla Walla Gentlemen yep. of the Road stopover, yep. um, it, it was a thing that Marcus Mumford created, and it's just literally a stopover festival mm-hmm. on the Mumford & Son tour. Yep. And they would only stop in small towns to 
basically to boost the economy, mm-hmm. right? And so they they set up in a football field of a high school. Yep. And we camped in the courtyard of the high school. Did you really? Yeah. Awesome. And we set up our <laughs> tent and like uh, it, it was really it was crazy. And there was like tents set up in the gymnasium for like the riggers and stagehands and stuff. Were you and were you working the event? The whole thing, yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's cool. So <laughs> anyway, uh, try to keep this short. Um, so the, the the whole point of it was to to um, yeah boost the economy. So I was a runner you know oh, awesome. and yeah uh for for catering but i also had to do like some wardrobe running and, and things like that and so the rules like i wasn't allowed to shop at any kind of major corporation it had to be all no matter the cost small business yep and so i would go to this little mom and pop shop and spend like three thousand dollars you know uh, on like food or some after show food or something there's this local pizza place i, I wish i could remember the name of the pizza place but I, I did a like a $700 after show pizza order because there's a lot of bands, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you know, Foo Fighters. Yep. Seeing the Foo Fighters play in a high school football field was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It was, cool. it was, <laughs> yeah. it was killer. Yeah. And so when I it, it wasn't so much about the backstage experience with that festival. It was the the people in the in the town of Walla Walla were just in tears that something like this would come to their town. And so I would go and and uh, uh, spend the money at these mom and pop shops, but I'm just doing my thing. I'm spending money that I would normally spend, you mm-hmm. know, the tour money or the festival money. And they're crying and just like, thank you so much. And like, this is what our dream, you know, this is what we always wanted. This is the type of business we always wanted. So what, what um, Marcus Mumford did totally worked. hundred percent. Yeah. No, I think they stopped doing it though. They, they finished out that tour. They yeah. went south, I think mm-hmm. somewhere in Arizona maybe. Yeah after yeah. Walla Walla and then I don't think that they did them again did yeah. they 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 did a several throughout the United States and I think they did them uh in in Europe as well oh you know that's cool just to, yeah just to like again to put put that small little town on the map yeah and it, it worked speaking of festivals that I miss I was just reminiscing about Bumbershoot today yeah. um I really Man, I, I miss the old festival when it was more about, like, arts and culture instead of just about the music. Because mm-hmm. Bumbershoot has been a Seattle-based festival for so yeah. long yeah. that encompasses, like, art and th- and theater and music and, like, comedy. It was just, mm-hmm. like, so multifaceted, and it yeah. included so many genres. So I really, I really miss that aspect of Bumbershoot. Yeah. And working in the stadium with Laura and Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I was hanging out with Laura last night. That was so great. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's like, it's just been so nice to be able to kind of start to connect with mm-hmm. folks again and yeah. like see them. Yeah. You know, even if it's just, you know, one-on-one or, or a couple people, I'm really grateful for those of us who are willing to sort of like have somebody over, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because I think these connections especially in this time of just feeling so disconnected from our livelihoods. I think it's really important to find any kind of connection right right now, whether Mm -hmm. it be zoom meetings all day or doing yoga. Tell me the last show you worked. When was that? Oh goodness. The thing is, is I stopped working shows so much. Uh, okay. So the last show that I remember working with St. Motel at the show box and it was so awesome. Mm -hmm. Those guys are so fun. Yeah. I I had never heard of them. I signed up to sell merch Mm -hmm. and it was like COVID had hit. 
So they, it was, we weren't sure how many people were going to show up because it did sell out. And it was just, it was a hoot, man. Those guys are great. I'm, awesome. I'm definitely a, a yeah. fan moving forward. But yeah. So yeah, that was the last show that I worked. Yeah. But I was lined up to do a bunch of stuff. I mean, most of the things that we do now are, or that I was doing was uh, corporate, hotel, sure. AV work. Yeah. It's not as exciting as a show, but it's But it can work. be, oftentimes it can be just as big as a show. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of things that go into, a lot of moving pieces to go into a corporate meeting yeah, at a absolutely. hotel or a convention center. Yeah. And that's all shut down as well. <laughs> yeah. mm. Yes, everything. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. So the last question, um, you know, if if I were a government official or if you had a government official sitting right here that makes you know all the decisions about, you know, our job uh, through the pandemic, what would you like to say to them? What would I like to say to them? Please save arts and culture. You know, our industry has been recession proof and without theater and music and arts and the ability to you know allow folks to go out and experience that it's it's just it's super important and crucial for our well-being for everyone it's it's a but please save arts and culture we thought we were recession proof and we're not and it's really important that a lot of us are around when this is over to be able to help build shows and put theater Mm -hmm. on and help provide this entertainment for the rest of the world again i agree and tammy thank you so much for coming in here i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to coming out with us it's good to see you absolutely i'm i'm honored and and grateful that i was asked and allowed to be included and if there's any way that if you guys need help with anything else if you need me to recruit some folks i'm pretty absolutely spread the word spread the word yeah yes thank you everyone for listening to show call To help save live events and the crew that make them happen, go to WeMakeEvents.org and tell your representatives how important live music is to you. That's WeMakeEvents.org. If you'd like to be on the show, contact us at guests at showcallpodcast.com. That's guests at showcallpodcast.com. If you have questions or would like to know more about what it takes to put on events, contact us at info at showcallpodcast.com. That's info at showcallpodcast.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Google Play. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded every Monday and Thursday. See you next week. WeMakeEvents.org is not affiliated with Show Call Podcast and is not responsible for the views expressed by the show.